all in. Matter of fact, I started this series on Wednesday, and I talked about when people that, people that are all in are people that sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. The people that are all in are people that are loyal. And the third thing that we talked about, people that are all in are people that are persuaded. Remember in Romans chapter 8, Paul said, I am persuaded that nothing, somebody say nothing, will separate me from the love of God. In other words, even if I hit a wall in life, I'm not going to let nothing separate me from the love of God. Amen. I don't care if the devil throws the kitchen sink and everything at me. I am not going to allow nothing to separate me from the love of God. If I make a mistake, I'm not going to let nothing. Come on, somebody. Proverbs 24, 16 says, a righteous man it didn't say an ungodly man. It said a righteous man. He falls seven times, but he gets back up. The travesty is not when you fall. It's when you don't get back up. Amen? Because I believe you can fall and still be persuaded. In other words, you can have a human moment. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever had a human moment? See, back in the day, I can remember where the church, if you made a mistake, they would put a guilt trip on you. And then it would run you from the house of God. But no, we want you to bring your weed smoking, crackhead, come on somebody, womanizing, <laughs> come on, because we're trying to get you to get in the right environment so we can get all that toxin out of you. Because the church is just like a gym. Come on somebody, you go to the gym to not play around. You go to the gym because you all in. You're trying to get some of this stuff up off of you. Can I get a witness up in here? I hate the gym, but sometimes you got to fall in love with what you hate. Can I get a witness? I hate the Stairmaster, but I hit it three, three, I think I went three times this week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I don't like anybody, I don't know about y'all, I don't pull up to the gym all geeked and excited. I pull up there like, man, here we go again. <laughs> Which is interesting because my first point is this. My first point, people that are all in are people that are committed. Somebody say commitment. See, sometimes in order for God, for God to show you another side of him, he needs a commitment from you. And that's why he tells, see, Jesus was kind of cutthroat because it's interesting that he says, my man said, listen, let me go bury my dad and I'm going to come follow you. And then, then the other guy said, let me go bid farewell. Let me go say bye to my folk and then I'm going to come follow you. And then Jesus comes at them in verse 62 and says, once a man puts his hand to the plow and he looks back, he's not fit. For the kingdom of God. Even when I grew up in church, they, text, they, they would preach that scripture wrong. They would tell you you weren't fit for heaven. That scripture is not saying you're not fit for heaven. It's saying that you're not fit for his kingdom in the earth. In other words, he's saying, listen, I need you to be all in so I can maximize your potential. I need you all in so I can not only expose you to another side of me, but I want to be able to trust you with a thing or two. But I need a commitment. Somebody say commitment. I believe that in order for God to take you to different dimensions in him, different places of blessing, he needs a commitment. The word commitment means to be dedicated. And that's all the point he was trying to drive home to these guys was like, listen, why do you need to go bury your dad? Let somebody else do that. You procrastinating. Because procrastination is the thief of time. A lot of times, people don't even reach their full potential in life because they're sitting around procrastinating. One thing my mom taught me in life, she said, life not only is what you make it, but she would always tell me wasted time is wasted life. Because how many of you know we got three enemies? 
Your first enemy is Satan because 1 Peter 5 and 8 says he's going as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Your second enemy is you. Me, pastor? Yeah, sometimes we can self-destruct. Romans chapter 7 verse 18 says, they're the well of no good thing in the flesh. All of us got two people in us. I know you spiritual now and you speak in tongues and all. We appreciate all that, but let me come kick you real quick. That other person in you is going to come out. No, pastor, I've reached the place of where I, I, I turn my cheek. No, you ain't turned that corner because I ain't even turned that corner, and I'm the pastor. Somebody come hit me now, I'm going to hit them. Y'all got to pray for me. You might catch this mic <laughs> in the teeth. <laughs> Y'all pray for the man of God. Why? Because our spirit is saved, but our flesh ain't. The flesh is progressively trying to line up with the spirit. Anybody had a conversation with your flesh before? <laughs> if you haven't, keep living. <laughs> Let's get into this. So Jesus tells these men in verse 62, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, it's fit. All that word fit means that you haven't equipped yourself. You haven't made yourself suitable for God to maximize your potential. So at the end of the day, Jesus, God is looking for a commitment. He's looking for somebody that's in it for the long haul. Do I have anybody at the 930 service? You're in this for the long haul. Ain't no turning back. You too deep in the game now. Amen? So we're in this for the long haul. That's another word for the word commitment. It means to be in something for the long haul. Also the word commitment, it means to give your time and your energy to something. What are you giving your time and your energy to? If we're giving our time and our energy to our occupation, then that's cool because 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says if you don't work, you don't eat. But we also need to be giving our time and energy to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, like you are this morning for these next 90 minutes until about 11 o'clock or a little bit before you're giving your time and your energy to him because you understand Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Psalm 92 and 13 says those that are what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Even you being planted speaks of commitment. And when you're planted, when you're committed, then you will begin to flourish. God will begin to bless you in ways that will cause you to scratch your head. He said in Ephesians 3, 20, I will do exceedingly, abundantly, above or that you can even imagine or even think, I believe God wants to blow your mind. I was talking, hey, come on, how many of you believe that he wants to literally just, I, I don't believe you can even comprehend, you can't even fathom what God really wants to do in you, through you, and for you. I was between services after the 8 o'clock service, and one of the gentlemen that goes to the church, he came to me, he said, Pastor, look at this, this cor corporate credit card that my job gave me. He said, in the history of the, this place that I work for, they've never given a person a corporate credit card. He says, but when they looked at me last Thursday and they gave me this corporate credit card, they said, we're giving this to you because of your commitment to the company. He showed it to me. I said, can I share that man of God? I said, um, he said, absolutely. So he gave me physical evidence. So I believe that there's things out there that's got your name on it. You better hear what I'm saying on today. But it's all predicated on you staying committed. Look at your neighbor and say, stay committed.
Pastor, what about when my money ain't touching and agreeing? Stay committed. Pastor, what about when I hit a wall in life? Stay committed. What if I'm going through a setback in my life? Stay committed. I'm talking about good or bad. I dare you to stay committed. Do I have any committed people in the house? I'm not looking for perfect people, but do I have anybody in the house that's committed? You might not be perfect, but I dare you to give God a perfect effort. Watch what God begins to do in your life. The Bible says eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Do I have anybody in the house of God that loves him with all your mind, body, soul, and spirit? Somebody give God a committed praise in this place. Look at your neighbor say, all in. Look at your other neighbor say, all in. All in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I might not be perfect, but I'm all in. Probably going to make some mistakes down the road. But I'm all in. Matter of fact, I'm going to learn from these mistakes. Come on. Most of us in the second half of our life, you better learn from your stuff. (laughs) Remember, I told you, you got three enemies. I ain't even get to the third one. Remember, I said, Satan, you, and time. Pastor, I got all the time in the world. No, you don't. You better read Ecclesiastes 3 and 2. It says there's a time to live and a time to die. Maybe one day you're going to expire. Your dash is waiting for you. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to get the most I can out of this life. And we don't take on the mentality, I'm just a pilgrim passing through. I'm doing more than just passing through. Trying to leave my mark. Shoot, I'm trying to get paid while I'm here. You want me to give you some Bible on that? Because you know I will. Don't let me go to Ecclesiastes 10 and 19. Put it up, put it up. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Feast is made for laughter. Come on, when you feasting with the family, you laughing and eating turkey and dressing. Can I, yams, can I get a witness up in here? Just laughing and reminiscing and wine makes merry. Can I get a witness up in here? Mm. I don't drink wine. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. The Bible says don't be given to much drink. In other words, be in control because 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says drunkards won't enter the kingdom of heaven. So it says feast makes for laughter, wine makes merry, but money. <laughs> Look at the name and say answers everything. All right. You know, you start talking about money, people get funny. Come on, somebody. God wants you to leave a legacy for your family. See, don't let me go to, go to Proverbs 13, 22, and I'm going to leave y'all alone. Go to Proverbs 13, 22. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance, money, to his children's children. See, right now, I'm not a grandfather, but my son already told me he's going to have a son named Sean. I'm already preparing for Sean. Then he said he's going to have another son named Stone. Can you believe that? Stone steel. So you know he can't be no punk. Come on, somebody. I'm definitely going to leave my imprint in his life. Come on. And I'm going to leave him some money, too. He's going to know granddaddy still took care of business. You're right. I said business. <laughs> but look at this. <laughs> but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. 
In other words, there's wealth that's going to come to you from places that are going to have you like, what meanest this? I believe that's a word for somebody today. Somebody in this building is getting ready to step. This is prophetic. Somebody's getting ready to step into a what meanest this season. How many of you receive that? That you're getting ready to step into a what? You're going to be like, what meanest this? How did all these millions land? How did you cause resources to be attracted to me? How did you cause favor to be attracted to me? How did you cause breakthrough like this? Somebody scream, what meanest this? Now give God a hand praise that it's already done. What meanest this? I live there every day. See, y'all didn't have to sign for this building. But when I was signing for a building that appraised for almost $6 million and we bought it for $3.2 million, I was like, what meanest this? That I got a building for half off. What meanest this? When we didn't have an air conditioning unit and somebody ran to my office and gave me $150,000. What? And then she said, how much more do you need? I need another 100000 See, James 4, 2 says you have not because you asked not. She came back Thursday with the rest of the money. And now we got air up in here. So don't you ever complain about it. It's cold in here. I will. How many of y'all was here last summer? Two Sundays in June, Michael, it was hot as Satan toenails up in here. I thought I was going to die. Because I was the one preaching three times, not y'all. And while I'm preaching, y'all. And after the third service, I couldn't even tie my shoes. <laughs> I was done. <laughs> Whoa. But all it takes is one person that God will send in your life that can change your whole world. Because what you don't get by revelation, you can get by association. That's why you better associate with folk that's got something to lend. Better get around some people that can be an asset to you. Get around folks that are committed, amen? So, number one, people that are all in are people that are committed. Go to Psalm 37 and 4. Psalm 37 and 4. Look at this. Very familiar scripture. It should be. Look at this. Delight which means to take pleasure also in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. He shall. Shall means without doubt. He shall what? Give you. There are some things he wants to give you. He will give you the desires of your heart. But this is the prerequisite. Look at the next one. Look at verse 5. Commit. He's saying, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, but I need a commitment. I'm about to bless you. I'm about to cause you to step into a what mean is this season, but I need a commitment. I'm getting ready to cause you to experience a breakthrough. I'm taking you from the back row to the front row, but I need a commitment. Somebody say commitment. So he says, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, but I need you to be committed. I don't need you. Now, now, now we, see, now there are people that, oh, God, about to give me the desires of my heart, and then they'll do this for 20 years. Guess what? That desire going to die on the inside of you because you're not committed. 
The Bible says in the book of James that faith without works is dead. Works in the Greek means action. The Bible says idle talk leads to poverty. We called it back in the day, talk is cheap. I don't want to hear about all your talking. Where's your fruit? Sitting around talking, a good game. Listen, at the end of the day, if you, you, you need to begin to say it so you can see it. And then you need, to, you, need to, you need to get out there and work your faith, turn your faith loose. Amen? Hebrews eleven six 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to even please God. Amen? That's why the Bible says, I'll reign on the just and the unjust. That means God will bless ungodly people because they know how to work the principles. They know how to work their faith. Amen? You might not agree what they're doing, but at the end of the day, they got paid. Because at least they was committed to something. Anybody you see with something, it's because they've been committed. So at the end of the day, he said, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, but I, I, I need you to be committed. Amen? When I was having church in the swap meet 11 years ago, I was preaching to more metal chairs than people. But I was committed to them metal chairs. I was preaching to more chairs than more, I preached to the chairs than more people. But I was committed. And people said, oh, do you get discouraged preaching in this swap meet? Nope. Because Zechariah 4.10 says to not despise the day of small beginnings. Matthew 25 and 23 says if you be faithful over a few things, he said, then I'll make you ruler over many things. And we started with one employee, which was me. Now we got 33. But you got to start somewhere. So I had to be committed to myself. Come on, somebody. I'm committed. We committed. <laughs> so you got to be committed. I'm talking about being committed when you've even been let down. I'm talking about being committed when you've experienced disappointment. See, you can't be up under this ministry and walking around here with some marshmallow emotions and thinking God going to do something for you, and you walking around here sensitive and got thin skin. God going to be like, take another lap, you ain't ready. That's why he allowed, I said he allowed Joseph to be thrown in the pit by his brothers. He needed to experience some friendly fire. He needed to finally hit a wall because his dad favored him too much, going to make him a coat of many colors and then leave all the other brothers hanging. Come on, man. How, how many of y'all got multiple kids? You can't be showing preferential treatment to one and not expect the other one to be upset and envy you. I can't believe he just took him to Scottsdale fashion, but they're going to take me to Target. It's going to be World War III in your house. Can I get a witness up in here? You're going to take me to Payless and get me some, some uh, whatchamacallit, but then going to take him to the Nike outlet and buy him the top of the line Jordans. Somebody going to get hurt later. Ask Joseph. Look at what Job had to go through. Job went through all kind of hell. Lost everything. His wife even said, you need to curse God and die. In other words, she was saying, Job, it's a wrap. You done. That brother said, listen, you got to take the good with adversity. Then he had enough nerve in Job 13, 15 to say, though you slay me, yet will I still trust you. His commitment never wavered. And he lost his children, lost his wealth and everything. Put that up. Though you slay me, yet will I trust. Even so, I will defend my own ways before you. Because people tried to assassinate his character. They were like, Job, what did you do? Because you didn't lost everything. Come on, Job, tell us what you did. Sometimes just bad things happen to good people. It's not because you did something. That's called life. But then when you read Job 42 and 10, it says 
that God gave him twice as much as he had, I believe part of that is because he stayed committed while he was in transition. Anybody been in transition? You knew God showed you some things, but you had to trust God in transition. You had to be committed to God in transition. Somebody say commitment. I dare you to stay committed. I dare you to make up in your mind, I'm going to have, a, a, have a, 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 a all in mentality. When you have an in all mentality, watch what God does. Go to one more scripture. Go to uh, 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 Joshua 24 and 15. Look at this. Joshua chapter 24. It says, uh, 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 it says if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, uh, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the rivers are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you would dwell. But as for me, Joshua said, but listen, you go do what you do, I'm going to do what I do. But for me, he said, for me and my house, we are going what? Said, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know what y'all are going to do, but I know what I'm about to do. Joel was talking about commitment. I'm sorry, Joshua was saying, I'm all in. You can go serve them other gods that your father served and see how your life turned out. With all. Go ahead and hang out with all those toxic people. But I'm changing my environment. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I believe one of the mandates that God has put on my life is to raise up Joshua's in this church. That the men will be Joshua's. Men that will take ownership of their homes. Come on, somebody. That will take ownership in their marriage with their children. Amen? And we're not raising up wimps at kingdom. Amen? Raising up men that are all in. Amen? Hallelujah. Next one. Let's go to, uh, go to, uh, Hebrews 10 and 35. My next point is this. People that are all in are committed. People that are all in are confident. Somebody say confident. Look at this real quick. Look at this. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. That word cast away means to not throw your confidence away. Look at the word confident. The word, the word confident means to have trust in something. Of course, that something is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it says, cast not away. In other words, you can't throw away your confidence. You better fake it till you make it. You better hold your head up high and be like, you know what, I'm coming out of this. This storm is passing off. I'm confident. Even though I'm going through the contradictory test, even though it seems like my world is crumbling around me, but Lord, I'm looking unto you to be the author and the finisher of my faith. Lord, I know you got me covered. See, you better begin to learn how to talk stuff. Amen? You better tell the devil, Isaiah 54 and 17 says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Even though weapons have been formed against me, that thing will not succeed in my life. I'm going to hold my head up. I'm going to be confident that this too shall pass because storms don't last forever. Pastor, I'm going through a Katrina. Even that's passing over. I done been back to New Orleans five, six times since Katrina. They, they Listen, they still partying on Bourbon Street. Can I get a witness, baby? I was down there with them at Pie Pies. Come on, somebody. 
But check it out. Put it back up. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. You want God to do something great in your life? You better have some confidence. You better hold your, when you go sign for them houses, you better walk in there. How are you? Don't be wondering, what's up? No, 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 no. Have some Eddie. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing great. Come on, sir. Come, we're talking about being confident. You got to know your environment. And you got to know whatever environment you go, you taking favor with you. See, I'm preaching at this church at 3.30. I'm talking about the favor factor, amen? Because there are certain things that you got to do in order to experience the favor of God because God will Luke 2.52 you. What's Luke 2.52? He said, I'll give you favor with God and I'll give you favor with man. I just need favor with God. No, you need some favor with man too. It was man that told me, I'm going to give you a $6 million building for $3 million. He was like, well, I got my, he got his church for $1. And I think it's worth probably $8 million. Church was going south. Things were diminishing. He bought it for $1. I'm like, now that's favor. Anytime you can get an $8 million building for $1. But I'll take the $6 million church for $3 million. Because I know the next one might be uh, $10 million. They might be like, give us $2. How I many you know there are certain things you don't even need to pray about? We don't need to intercede. He know about, no. Here's the two dollars. Where's the paperwork? Where I need to put my name? <laughs> Somebody scream confidence. Man, you got to be confident that your best days are ahead of you. Uh, you got to be confident that if your money ain't touching and agreeing, that God is a Philippians 4.19 God. He said in Philippians 4.19, I'll supply all your need according to my riches and glory. You better know him in Psalm 23. It talks about how your cup will run over. That good, surely goodness and mercy shall what follow you all the days of your life. I believe favor is looking for a place to land. Why not you? Amen. I believe if you connected to this house, come on, there's favor on this house. So favor should be on you. I believe when you bless his house, he will bless your house. The one thing that you should walk out of this church with is some confidence. You don't come to church to be beat up, but built up. Amen. So I'm here to tell you, man, let's walk out of here with some confidence on today, knowing that your best days are ahead of you. Let's look at some more confidence uh, scriptures. Uh, look at this, Philippians 1, 6. Philippians 1 and 6. Mm -hmm. It says, being confident of this very thing. See, you got to be confident that the, the, which the, the, the work that he's begun in you, he's going to complete it. Don't get discouraged because you've had some hiccups since you've been saved. If God begun a good work in you, you got to be confident that he's going to complete it. Amen? So look at this again, being confident of this very thing. He who has begun a good work, because all of us are a work in progress. None of us have arrived. None of us have obtained perfection, including me. So he says, being confident of this very thing, uh, that he who has begun a good work, he's begun a good work in you, he is going to complete that thing. In other words, there's another chapter coming. But I guarantee you, if you stay committed in this chapter, if you stay confident in this chapter of your life, my God in heaven, you're about to step into that what means this chapter, where you're going to be scratching. You seem like everything's just going to fall into place. 
And I can remember this, the gentleman who got the corporate credit card to the company that he works for, I remember he's one of the few people that are still with me from the swap meet because not everybody was able to make those turns and twists with me. It's hard to tell people that Jesus is Lord and swap meet, we're going to have a building one day. Some people just didn't believe, and that's cool. But he was one of those people, he says, I believe you, Pastor. And he stuck with me, helped him get through some marijuana issues. And now they're giving this joker credit cards and whatnot. God specializes in using messy people. I don't care if you've messed up. Listen, all of us, all of us got that in common. Romans 3.23 says all, somebody say all, have sinned. Is that what it say? All, all, everybody. <laughs> has sinned. Sin means you've missed the mark. And fallen short of the glory of God. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. That brother wouldn't be from the swap meet until now. And now they handing this brother corporate credit cards. Talking about we've never done this before. We don't know why we're doing it. Because he got the favor of God on his life. That's why. That's why you're doing it. But they did leave there saying we're doing this because of your commitment to the company. I dare you to stay committed. I dare you to stay confident. Let's look at this real quick. Look at this. Because I can, I can harp on this, man. Uh, let's look at one more uh, uh, confidence scripture. Go, go to uh, uh, Daniel 3 and 16. Look at this. And I have more, but we, we look, we'll, we'll, we're going to move on to our third point so we can be done. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered and they said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to even answer you in this matter because they wanted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow down to their gods. But look what it says, if, if, if that's the case, our God, whom we serve, he's able to deliver us. How many you know he's able? Which means he has the capability. So they said he's not, in this case, our God, who, who, who we serve, who we're committed to, who we're confident in, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Look at the confidence. They're getting ready to throw them in the fiery furnace where they turned the heat up seven times hotter. And look at they they're like, well, they throw us in there. Our God, he's able. And all of us in this building has been through a fiery furnace. Can I get a witness? But even in your own personal fiery furnace, you were confident. I'm coming out of this. I am not going to flatline in this trial. This too shall pass. God already said he won't put more on me than I can bear. Maybe he's allowing me to go through this trial because I can't bear it. He's developing character right now because I need my character to match my gift so God can take me to the nations so he can trust me with a what mean is this season. Uh-huh. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then it says, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you set up. They were letting it be known. Listen, even if God don't come through, we still ain't bound down. In other words, we're committed. We're persuaded. We're loyal. We're confident. Go ahead and throw us in there. Y'all know the rest of the story. Even the king, when he looked in there, he said, wait a minute, I thought we threw three in there. Why is there a fourth one in there? And you know, there's always a fourth man in the fire, and his name is Jesus Christ. Anybody been through your fiery furnace and you knew God was right there? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I won't abandon you. I won't desert you. 
I got to move on to the third point and final point. So number one, people that are all in are people that are committed. People that are all in are people that are confident. Now look at uh, the third one. Go to 1 Peter 2 and 9. The third one is people that are all in are people that know that they're called. The Bible says many are called, few are chosen. Everybody in this building has been called by God. Called means you've been summonsed, you've been hand-selected, and you have been preferred. That's why God preserves you because he preferred you. That's why you couldn't even die in your dark place. Anybody been in some dark places? Anybody done some questionable things? Somebody scream, but God. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, 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 now go, to, go to the scripture, First Peter. It says, but you are a chosen generation. How many know God has chosen you for this generation? Royal priesthood, holy nation, his own special people. Part of the reason why some of y'all made a decision to leave certain lifestyles is because you realize, you know what, I'm special. There's something about me, and I'm tripping. Why am I still hanging out with Pookie and Ray Ray? Come on, somebody. Some of my sisters, you knew you was better than Shaquita. Come on, somebody. You're like, what am I doing? I've dumbed myself down to their level. I need to change my environment. My environment is toxic. Mm-hmm. So he says, my own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you. He called you. Look at that. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Pastor, you mean to tell me that even though I've done some questionable things that God still called me? You better believe it. Like I said earlier, God specializes in using messy people will take a mess and make you a miracle. When I look around this 930 service, all of us are miracles. That you are still standing. You should have had a nervous breakdown, but you're still standing. God loves you so much. He said, I'm going to give you a pass for doing that. Anybody know you got a pass? Come on, should have got AIDS, but you got a pass. Should have got HIV, but I'm going to give you a pass on this one. Matter of fact, because I know the infinite beginning and I called you, I'm going to go ahead and protect you from all this mess that you should be getting. Come on, Cardin flipped over 17 and a half times. You walk away with a scratch on your ankle. That's God preserving you because he preferred you, because he called you. He anointed you, appointed you, and approved you for such a time as this. Called you. Look at this. Go back to the text real quick. Go back to the text. It says that he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So at the end of the day, see, people that are all in are people that know that they've been called by God. Anybody in this building know you've been called? See, a lot of times we, we put emphasis on the set man of God, the pastor, that he's called. No, all of us are called. When you look at 2 Corinthians uh, 5 and 18, it says that all of us have been given the ministry of reconciliation. There's a ministry in you. There it is right there. Now all things, he has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and he has given us the ministry. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a ministry in you. There's a ministry in you. 
Amen. I'm not talking about a pulpit ministry. Sometimes your pulpit is in lows. Sometimes your pulpit is at Home Depot. Sometimes your pulpit is on your job. Proverbs 11.30 says, he who in his souls is wise. Listen, I, was, I, made a, I created a platform slash pulpit at Cobblestone when I was getting my car washed Friday. Giving out business cards, telling people that Jesus is Lord. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking to you. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit that you feel. Because Isaiah 10, 27 says it's the anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. You don't even know what's going on right in the midst of you. God is removing stuff. He's lifting stuff because the word of God is anointed all by itself. I feel goosebumps talking to you. I'm like, I bet you you do. Because John 6, 63 says the words that I speak our spirit and life. What I'm speaking to you is causing life to be resurrected on the inside of you. I'm speaking to your spirit, not to your flesh. You having an encounter with God even right now in front of this cobblestone as I'm getting my car washed. Let's take this ministry outside these four walls. That's what a real ministry is. Out there. So he brought us out of darkness, called us out of darkness. Now look at this. Go to Romans 8, 28. And I'm almost done. Romans 8. And we know that all things, somebody say all things. Pastor, even the dark things I did, all things. All the perverted stuff I did, all things work together. For good. Even Joseph told his brothers in Genesis 50, 20, he said, what you guys meant for evil, God meant it for good. I had to go to the pit to get to the palace. Matter of fact, y'all help me. Thank you for turning on me and telling me I didn't have it. You need dream killers in your life. You need somebody to say you can't do it. But then Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Come on. I had so many dream killers. Me and my wife went to five pastors and asked them, could they help us start this church called Kingdom in the Valley? And all five of them said, no, we don't see pastoral anointing on you. You're an evangelist. You're supposed to travel the world. You don't have a shepherd's heart. That hurt. Even my own dad, who has a church, wouldn't give me a dime. He said, I got to watch who I sow into. Oh, ain't nobody laughing now. I needed to go through that. I needed people to turn their back on me. And then I turned to her. I said, I need your whole paycheck. $1,300 has turned into millions of dollars, thousands of people, lives being changed week in and week out. Listen, at the end of the day, if those pastors would have gave me that money, I would have had to say their names on Sunday morning. But now I can say if it had not been for the Lord that was on my... You need somebody to not believe in you. It'll cause you to begin to draw on God and be like, God, you said if you be for me, who can be against me? Lord, I thank you for every dream killer. I thank you for every person that did not believe in me. But Lord, I thank you that I stayed committed and I stayed confident. 
that ultimately you called me, not them. Somebody need to give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, I know I'm called. I know, I know. I know. I know that I'm called. And we know all things, all things, all work together for the good for those who love God. And to those who are called in your mess, he still calls you. When you were doing questionable things, he still calls you according to his purpose. And he did it on purpose. Let me give you this last scripture and I'm done. Put up uh, Isaiah 43 and 1. Look at that. Isaiah 43. It says, but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I've called you by, my, by your name. You are mine. Now, most of you that don't know, Jacob and Israel is the same person. Because Jacob wrestled with God in the book of Genesis, or with an angel, and it says that after they got done, he said, your name is no longer Jacob, which means trickster, supplanter, con artist in the Hebrew. He says, but you are now Israel, which means prince of God. So it's interesting that it says, but now thus says the Lord, I created you, O Reggie. Is that what it said? And he formed you, Pastor Steele. Because when he created us, he created a mess. He says, now I got to form you. I, Greg is a trip. He's something else. He's done some questionable things. Greg has fallen short. But one day, I created Greg, but I'm going to form Minister Mitchell. Did you catch that? I created Greg. But I formed. Like this, this, uh, 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 what is this called? A, a pew. He created the pew, but the pew had to go through a forming. In other words, it had to go through a metamorphosis to be created into what it is. It, it had to go through something. See, when you sit in a chair, you should never look at a chair the same because that chair had to go through a process for you to sit in it. He created the chair, but he had man form that thing. He formed a piece of wood, but he's like, I'm going to put it in man's mind to be able to create something out of this and make it go through a process. Amen. I believe that's how God is with us. He knew when he created us, he knew we was going to be tricksters. He knew you was going to be a con artist. Come on, man. All of us then con our way into some stuff. Oh, did I need to give y'all an example, girl? You know I love you, girl. You know I ain't got no, come on now. You know what time it is. Come, give me them digits, girl, please. You know, you know you're the one for me. Can I get a witness? No, the man, just look straight. Just look. We got the cameras rolling. This is the service that go on TV. <laughs> but I'm keeping it 100. And some of you women, come on. Mm, I think he the one. Ain't got no job, credit shot. I'm going to help develop him. 
he keep bringing your car to you on E. Asking you when you're going to get a second job. And you at the, he at the house watching ESPN. But you, you telling your mama, but he going to be all right, mama. He the one. He going to turn the corner. There are some people that's going to stay Jacob. Let me, that, single women, avoid Jacob. You better hook up with Israel. I could go about 10 places. My mind is turning right now. But go back to that. Go back to that. But thus says the Lord who created. He created, O Jacob, and he formed you, O Israel. He formed me. He formed you. He put you through a process. Because God can't propel nothing that does not go through process. Then it says, fear not. I've redeemed you. In other words, he was telling Jacob, listen, man, I know you're Israel now. You still feel Jacob in you a little bit, but I remind yourself, I've redeemed you. That's not who you are anymore. That's why I even changed your name. Then it says, I have called you by your name. You are mine. You couldn't even die in your sin because God was like, you're mine. Mm -mm, I'll make these bullets miss you because you're mine. I'm going to cause this AIDS. Even though I know you have an unprotected sex, I'm going to cause AIDS to miss you because you're mine. Mm -hmm. I know people are dying all around you, but, but you're mine. Mm -hmm, you belong to me. and I know you don't even recognize it. I'm not even on your radar right now. Oh, but one day the light bulb is going to go off and you're going to say, Jesus is Lord. Because he knows the end from the beginning. See, the whole time God knew, oh, they committed to Satan. But one day they're going to be committed to me. One day they're going to stand tall in the spirit and be confident in the God that I am. And one day they're going to come to the conclusion that I've called them out of darkness into my marvelous light. If the devil tries to whisper in your ear, you better tell the devil, no, I belong to God. He's mine. Don't you allow the enemy to rent space in your head from this point on. Stay committed. Stay confident. Come to the conclusion that you've been called by God. Somebody scream, all in. Come on, give God a hand praise in this place. High five two or three people and say, all in. All in. All in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Go ahead and bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the word today. Seal this word in our hearts, oh God.